BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Tag Talk. I'm Kylie. This is Haley. And... This is going to be a bit of a, I don't even know, kind of episode chaotic. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I am very sick. Um, and my brain is offline entirely. Uh, but I still wanted to come and film Tag Talk because it was AW's Toronto debut. I was super excited to film this episode of Tag Talk. So uh, once again, Haley and I are kind of matching with our shirts unintentionally. So I think that's a good omen for how this episode is going to go. <laughs> we never planned this. Literally, I just no. showed up and and here we were. So you know, I I guess it's just we're just the same person. We're just soulmates. We're just we're a tag team. It's tag dog. Speaking of women's tag teams, I was super excited about this, so I want to start with it. Uh, there's a women's tag team match on Dynamite. Of course, they got like ten minutes. Great, but Sheeta pinned Britt Baker. I was super excited about it. I wasn't expecting that. I'm so happy that Sheeta is being put um, kind of in the spotlight again. I feel like, you know, she is one of the women's champions that I feel like doesn't get her due. She mm-hmm. carried AEW through the pandemic. Um, and then she just kind of dropped off TV. She had the feud with Serena Deeb. And then she was off doing other things. Um, so I'm super happy to see her back, and I'm super happy that she pinned Brit. <laughs> I know. I think that's big. And I was talking about this with someone else a couple of days ago. But they haven't mentioned Thunder Rosa in a long time. And Tony Storm is still the interim champion. But if Thunder Rosa isn't going to be back soon, I almost wish that they would just make her the official world champ. Because I feel like all these feuds she's having would mean so much more if she was, like, the real world champ. And I think eventually down the line, um, because this was such a big win for Sheeta, I think we're going to see more of Sheeta. And I think we might see her in the title picture again. Uh, But overall, it's like a tag team match. This was good. Jamie Hayter is so over. I just, I wish, I can't wait for them to pull the plug on Jamie Hayter. But I also feel like Tony's... um, Rain so far has been really good. I feel like they're booking her not like an interim champion, like a world champion, mm-hmm. like very like Mox style. I love that she just kind of comes out and has these matches every week. I think she's had what ten so far. Yeah, great, love it. We love women. Another thing I was super excited about, and this is kind of something that is controversial for some reason. I don't really get it. Is Warjo. 
Like some people hate Borjo. I love this. I thought this match was good. I think they're really entertaining. And this is something good for Wardlow. And a lot of people are like, I don't like, you know, two singles guys smushed together to be a tag team without a reason. I don't like two, like, uh, Wardlow's TNG champ. I don't like him as a singles champ being in a tag team, blah, blah, blah. I like Warjo. I'm conflicted. I, I love them, but I'm also, like, I want more for Wardlow right now. I yeah. feel like his reign is... TNT champion has been a little lackluster. I want him to have like a real um, hard hitting feud, and maybe we're getting there. Um, I hope so. But you know, it's fun. It's fun to be looking. I can't complain. And I think them having, and you know, after the match, we did see the return of Sean Spears, which I was super excited about. No <laughs> one else really understood why I was so excited. Yeah. Uh, but I was. Yeah. I was so excited to see him. Um, it's like we have the pinnacle, mm-hmm. but they're the pinnacle with, like, Samoa Joe. Yeah. Like, there's no MJF. It's just Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is the new MJF. <laughs> it's, and it's so funny because um, when the pinnacle first became a thing, and I we joked about this a lot, but they look like a family. Yeah. Like, they all look like their brothers or cousins. Like, they have the same face. Yeah. And we still kind of have that with Samoa Joe. He still kind of looks like them. I just I just love it. I love FTR, too. I thought um, FTR looked really great on Rampage. Yeah, I did, too. And um, speaking of Rampage, we got a little surprise debut at the end with the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about that? <laughs> I and I think we've talked about this the last couple weeks. I'm really excited to see AEW doing things that how do I phrase this like delicately? Um, debuts or you know, character changes and new stories, like refreshing things that aren't necessarily like main event stuff, you know what I mean? Like we had the debuts like last year of you know Brian Danielson, Adam Cole. And then it was, like, for months, we kept having these big, like, main event level guys debut. But I really like, like, building blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that's what this was. I think it's – I don't think anyone could really argue that this was a a bad debut or a bad choice. They tried. <laughs> I know. I – and I'm just so confused by that. I think this was, like – I think Tony Khan is in a space where he realizes that – um, AEW fans really want these like sentimental debuts or even like they they want people that they can grow with as mm-hmm. you know as fans uh, we saw it with the acclaimed of course and Swerve versus Daddy Ass was great I don't care what anyone says anyway back to the kingdom I think I like the kingdom and I like that AEW fans are now going to be exposed to something new mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, I don't know what the plan is, of course, creatively. But I thought it was a good, I thought it was a good rampage. I thought it was a good debut. I thought it was good, too. I, I don't understand why people were complaining. And I feel like more than anything, um, they're probably trying to flesh out the Ring of Honor roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with reports that, you know, Tony and Maria had talks of her working um, in the Ring of Honor Women's Division again. Um, you know, I think that's great. And I think there's no harm done with this. Um, and if they don't go the Ring of Honor route, I'm wondering if 
since um, Bobby Fish is no longer and Kyle O'Reilly, you know, is injured. Um, I'm wondering if this is going to be Adam Cole's, like, new stable to go against the Elite again. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think, um, I think they might have to do a little bit to really get that story across because AW yeah. fans have proven that they know absolutely nothing about yeah. about, about, <laughs> about any about anything um, prior to like 2018. But that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Um, we'll educate you here on Time Talk. But yeah, 100. Um, I don't know, Adam Cole. The fact that he's gone so long with this concussion scares me. Yeah. The fact that the elite, uh, there's seemingly like no movement on the, the suspension front. Like, I mean, Hangman Page sort of mentioned that in his promo this week like, with Mox, but he didn't say like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. But like we knew. <laughs> but, like, we knew. Of course we did. Um, and, you know, I don't want to say the elite are returning soon because I have no idea. And I know a lot of the people who watch this are big fans of the elite. And I don't want to, like, get people's hopes up. Yeah. Um, but, like, personally, I don't see how this investigation is going on for so long. Uh, like, well, what are we doing? It's been, like, six weeks. And I don't really understand what else there is to look into. Um, but a- anyway, I don't want to harp on the elite for, for that long. Uh but I do think there's a lot of people, uh, like, on the indies, but also in, like, smaller promotions who have great history with the Young Bucks and with mm-hmm. the Elite. And I I would like to see Tony Khan really play with that more because he kind of did with Adam Cole and, like, the Undisputed Elite thing. But, like, we never – they never did much with it from, like, a history standpoint. They never talked about the murder. They never really – they, they – kind of talked about like that they've been friends for a long time but with like the ring of honor library they have i i want Tony Khan to do more with that um and i do think ring of honor tv is coming soon especially with chris jericho uh, unfortunately being world champion (laughs) (laughs) ftr being on tv more so i don't know i would like to see tony Khan do anything with any of this yeah you know i feel like even with key components of AEW out, um, mm-hmm. they're still flourishing right now. And I think that they're doing the best with what they have and everybody's stepping up and it's been really good. Um, and I just hope that continues. But I think with these new moving parts that we're seeing, we're going to be good. So also the Canada debut, we also had Butcher and the Blade yeah. making their return from, like, I don't even remember the last time we saw them. Because um, I, I, I know Booker had his band, and then his bands disbanded or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But I like Butcher and the Blade. I like the way they wrestle and the way they work together. And I, you know, their original debut in AEW kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. And I think that really halted their momentum. And I think fans didn't really want to invest in them. But, like, they got a great reception in Toronto. And I would really like to see Tony Khan, like, try to carry that into subsequent Dynamites. Because uh, I think Butcher and the Blade could do a lot for the tag division, especially with, like, the giant 
young. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Buck-sized hole. You have the Young Bucks, they're gone on suspension. Proud and Powerful is gone because poor Santana is like horribly injured. So, like, Butcher the Blade can easily slide into that spot. And I, I don't know what Tony Khan's doing with them. I know. And the most exciting part, the bunny's back. I'm super yeah. excited to see her back. Um, I love seeing her with Butcher and Blade. And I love that she always kind of gets involved a little bit in the matches. Um, yeah, so I hope they definitely do more with Butcher and Blade. I know I've said in the past that I would love to see... Um, them kind of take up in the house of black um or the house of whatever um if if that's still a thing we don't know um but yeah i just i would love to see more of them on tv yeah um with penelope ford off doing whatever it is they're doing with this Britt baker soraya thing i think it would be cool to see the buddy and julia hart like Mm -hmm. Like, she could take Penelope's spot in that. I I don't know how they would form that relationship. I really don't know. But I just think it's, there's such an opportunity there with Butcher Blade and the Bunny. Uh, I think they're, like, edgy. I think they're cool. I think generally, I think women like them. I think men like them. I don't know, like, I don't know anyone who could sit and say they despise Butcher Blade and the Bunny. Yeah, and I feel like they... They're kind of a little bit um, rough around the edges, like not super like AEW. Like when you look at them, like they don't scream AEW, but that's what I love about them. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Not like cookie cutter type of Yeah, like they really stand out. And I think wrestling wise, like they're in the ring stuff, I think they stand out from every other tag team in AEW. They wrestle so uniquely. And I think Blade in particular is really underrated just because he's so athletic and nobody, when people talk about like the most athletic wrestlers in AW, he never gets brought up because it's people, it's people like Nick Jackson, Sammy Guevara, like these guys who do these flashy things, but I don't know. I think Butcher the Blade is underrated and we're going to start a movement. I was literally just about to say <laughs> our campaign. The, <laughs> Butcher the Blade on TV more. This is the hill we die on. Butcher the Blade is bunny on TV. Listen. It's a it's a hill I would happily die on. So, and if they have more time to do stuff now, what I don't know what else they have going on. I know Blade has a podcast. I don't know what else they have, but listen, they're cool. And one time, where was I? My brain. Was, I was in Las Vegas, 
and I was Vegas. I I walked into some casino. I don't remember what casino it was, but the butcher and some other people. I don't know who they were. They they were walking out as I was walking in, and he was wearing his hair and two little braided pigtails. And I'm just going to say that changed my perception of him forever. I love that man. <laughs> I love that so much. First of all, I love when we bring out story time with Kylie. Um, I feel like it really rivals like story time with Adam Cole, baby. Like I'm coming for his gimmick. That's what this listen. is. Oh, gimmick infringement. Ugh. I have no Adam Cole stories. I have no, I have a sort of Adam Cole story at all out last year. So 2021 that like people were thinking he was going to debut and they were blaring his song, like the undisputed era song uh, in the parking lot. So that we like lined up to go into all out kind of early because uh, we wanted to go to merch or something. I don't remember. Anyway. So we were there for like an hour in the line and it was adam cole's undisputed era theme song on repeat for almost the entire hour they played um daniel bryan's wwe theme song once but it was all adam cole love that (laughs) i love that i feel like like everybody expected that adam was going to be there but like to have the double debut oh you just can't recreate that moment it was so good you really can't it was so good i really felt my soul leave my body for a minute. <laughs> like, I was not sure what to do. I had the same feeling when Mox debuted. Yeah. And I was like, the camera like went to Mox and I felt like my soul leave my body. <laughs> Listen, the people know what I'm talking about here. I- I'm emotional. If you guys have seen that like SpongeBob meme where he like ascends. Yes. It's, like, light, and he ascends that as Kylie. <laughs> I that meme and put it on Twitter. And then everyone's yeah, going to tweet, I guess. Yes, yes. Yeah. I also wanted to bring up Private Party because mm-hmm. we didn't talk about talking about Private Party before this episode, but I wanted to bring them up just because Private Party's been on TV a lot. And we have been saying, look, you need, we need more Private Party. Tony, thank you for listening. Um, Keep it up. <laughs> we love Private Party. I'm not sure how I feel about this Matt Hardy story. Like, I don't think I like the firm. I don't know. I, it's just so bizarre to me, the idea of the firm. It's very old school wrestling, yeah. which I understand Tony likes. It's like when managers, you know, had the role of being like kayfabe actual managers, like in other sports. Um, but I don't know. The firm is like, they're so linked to MJF, but, like, not in a good way. Like, it makes them look like dorks. Like, MJF's little henchman that he abuses because he's, like, a toxic CEO. And Private Party and, well, Private Party Matt Hardy, I don't have a problem with. Hardy Party. But I, and here I go trying to phrase this delicately again. <laughs> I feel like Private Party needs to be by now. It's twenty twenty two. They're like AWOGs. They should be above Matt Hardy by this point, uh, in my opinion. Not in terms of like overall legacy or whatever, because few people are going to surpass the Hardys. But I think Private Party they beat the Young Bucks like at the opening of the tag World Tag Team Tournament, whatever it was, and then they had like some momentum, but then they got stuck in the Hardy family office 
which then became the Andrade family office, which was even worse. Uh-huh. And now they're mixed up with the geek squad in the firm. And it's all, it's not even really about them. It's about Matt Hardy. Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. I feel like Matt Hardy definitely holds them back. Um, and I love the Hardys. We both love the Hardys. But I think we can all agree that they need a push. Yes. They need they need to sever ties. And I hope that's where we're going. We'll see. And I did like when Matt Hardy was their mentor. Um, yeah. It was like during the pandemic era. And I thought that was really cool because Matt Hardy debuted during the pandemic era. And like fans couldn't really get behind the broken Matt thing because there was no crowds. And it was just weird. Uh, and the, like the teleport thing, that was really weird. Um, <laughs> but like, and I at that point in time, I was like, okay, private party, like being hooked up with this legend, like this is going to be big for private party, but it wasn't. And I think overall, with the exception of like the Hardy Boys reunion, Matt Hardy himself has really struggled to find his footing in AEW. Like the Hardy family office, like we just talked about Butcher and the Blade, like Butcher and the Blade and private party probably deserved a lot more than that. Uh, like, if you look at Chris Jericho's factions, I think, for the most part, a lot of the people end up better out of, like, coming out of those factions. Like, their their status is elevated. And the Hardy Family Office didn't do that. And then the Andrade, it was Andrade Family Office, right? Yeah. Yeah, in the middle, it was the Andrade Hardy Family Office, and then he bought him out. Um, that did the same thing. That was so annoying. And now, <laughs> they're doing it with the firm, too. It's a bunch of guys who I think are super talented and I think they could really thrive. Um, but now they're lumped into the firm and, you know, Stokely's great, but Ethan Page is great too. Oh, Ethan Page. And I don't know how he ended up here. Like when this, this team of absolute nerds, uh, <laughs> and I love them all. Don't get me wrong, no, but yeah. I think we can, agree that Ethan Page is a more polished performer and wrestler than a lot of these guys and he didn't need this um and now Matt Hardy's there and Private Party is seemingly gonna be there and I don't know what we're doing here all the good steps we've taken in the AW Tag Division in the last six weeks since the elite suspension they seem for nothing because we're falling into the same traps over and over and over again and if Butcher and the Blade don't get a push then it's the same tag division it always was, just the young books aren't there. Uh, uh, I agree. Um, I hope with I hope that the Butcher and the Blade being on TV wasn't just a one-off because they were in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope they do get the push. Um, I hope that they get a tag title shot. I think that would be great for them. Um, you know, we need to start setting up some feuds with the acclaimed as well. Um, yeah. I think, and I love the acclaimed, and I think their run has been really great so far. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why they're feuding with Swerve. And I also, no. I don't know, well, like all three of them are just feuding with Swerve. Like there's no Keith Lee. And now Smart Mark Sterling is here stealing their their intellectual property and i don't understand that and i don't know like i'm i'm willing to give the them the benefit of the doubt on the acclaims because i'm so excited for the acclaims but like we got to do something that isn't this this 
like I said, I did like Daddy Ass versus Swerve, and I did. I thought it was a cool match. And I think it's cool that, you know, Billy Gunn wrestles so well at like however old he is, 60, mm-hmm. 65, whatever it is. Uh, but like, why is it just Swerve? And I feel like no, <laughs> I'm going to have to phrase this delicately as well. Because I love the acclaim, let me just say. But I feel like I thought that Swerve was finally getting like a singles push. Like, <laughs> sever the ties with uh swerve in our glory i was like okay like this is gonna be great like they can feud and like you know whatever but like here we are it doesn't make any sense i'm so confused <laughs> and they're not really building the acclaimed for a legitimate like title program for full yeah. gear and, you know full gear still a ways out i understand it's like a month but they're stuck in the swerve thing like <laughs> swerve swerve beats daddy ass yeah. And now what? It's going to be Swerve. Swerve and Our Glory is going to like reunite because they proved that they could beat Billy Gunn. Like, I don't understand. And then Smart Mark Sterling is stealing the scissor me, which is like their biggest thing. And I understand that the fans are just going to chant it more. It's going to be like Judas, which Chris Jericho not letting the fans sing Judas on the first show in Toronto. I hated that. Anyway, um, back to the acclaims. Like, I'm, I'm not worried yet. I'm not, but like, there's a little tiny, tiny part of me that's like seeing patterns of behavior we did with Jurassic Express. And I'm like, can AEW do something with these young tag teams that isn't making them look like amateurs? Yeah. And that's what I'm worried they're doing with the acclaimed. Like Jurassic Express was never as over as the acclaimed is right now. Um, I think that's fair to say. I think few tag teams in AEW have been as over as the acclaims are right now. But like, Tony, sit down and reflect on your life for a moment and realize what you're doing. And like, not having Keith Lee on TV, mm-hmm. why? I thought Swerve in Our Glory, I think Swerve in Our Glory is one of the best tag teams that they have. I really like them. Um, but I don't know. I thought we were finally getting a Swerve singles push. I really didn't want to be. So did I. Like when he showed up, um, I think it was during the acclaimed like celebration, the National mm-hmm. Scissoring Day, and he showed up. I was like, okay, this is like his thing. He's gonna, you know, beat up the acclaimed and like go on a singles push or whatever. And I don't know what Keith Lee is doing. I don't know if he's off doing something. I really don't know. But if there's no Swerve in our glory. Why are they just putting Swerve on TV by himself to carry a tag feud when he could be feuding in a singles feud with anyone else on this five bajillion person roster? Literally. I mean, imagine building him up to be in a title program with Mox. Or Hangman, whatever, you know, whatever happens, happens. This mocked hangman thing, I love it. I thought I was a little yeah. hesitant because I, when it's like babyface versus babyface, like I'm always, like I'm always hesitant because I feel like wrestling promotions rarely do it right or do it justice. But this I think is going very well. I think both mocks and hangman look super credible and they're like their point of view. I think fans resonate with both of them a lot. So I'm super excited for it. Um, but, like, with the absence of the elite, uh, specifically Kenny Omega, like, you would think that they would see someone like Swerve and make him a single star. 
especially if Keith Lee is off TV for what I don't know if it's his choice. I don't know if it's AEW's choice. I don't know what's going on. But like instead, he's wrestling daddy ass in a tag feud with the acclaimed. It's weird. And now he's rubbing elbows with smart Mark Sterling who tried to get Swerve kicked out of AEW. And like, we're above this, okay? Like, <laughs> like we really are. I'm not saying that Swerve is like above, you know, the acclaimed or anything like that, but I think that he's above <laughs> teaming with Mark Sterling. <laughs> I, 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 I him look like a joke in my opinion sort of is not a joke <laughs> he's not and i don't understand what's going on and i get that they're probably they want all these you know smart mark sterling tony knees the embassy they want all of them on tv for when ring of honor goes to tv and i get it um i'm assuming smart mark sterling and tony knees are going to roh i don't know <laughs> but like give them someone else like 2.0, like to, oh. Smart Mark messing with 2.0 would be so oh. good. And we wouldn't have to worry about the acclaimed daddy ass and swerve and potentially Keith Lee being mixed up with Tony Nese. <laughs> I, I have no idea what the dynamic here is. I have no idea who's friends with who and who hates who. I just don't like any of it. You know, I don't either. I- I'm very confused. I don't know what we're doing. Like you said, as soon as we start taking like steps in the right direction for the tag division and just in general, um, we start going like five steps backwards. And I, I, I... and Blackpool Combat Club, they're like teaming again. Like mm-hmm. on Rampage, we had Moxley and Claudio, but like Blackpool Combat Club as like a unit, they're just kind of it's like everyone and like William Regal like takes them to class. Like, he, like, fucks them, like, a parent. But, like, they're not a unit like a faction should be. And it's, like, even the firm is more of a faction, quote, like, a bonded faction than Blackpool Combat Club. And they're having these tag matches, and, yes, they're great because it's, you know, Danielson, it's Moms, it's Claudio. But, like, what what's going on there? Like, Mox is in this world title picture. I get it. He's not going to be able to do a whole lot. But, like, Blackpool Combat Club was, like, this new hot thing. And when it was four, it's like, over. and when Claudio joined and we had the blood and guts and they were, they beat up Chris Jericho and people loved it. That was, like, so cool. Mm-hmm. And now it's, like, they're teaming on Rampage against Butcher and the Blade, which we love Butcher and the Blade. But, like, they're not building the faction more. They, the Daniel Garcia thing like fizzled out because it was like, will he, won't he for too long? And I think fans lost interest. And, you know, if spoiler alert for AW this week, um, Daniel Garcia decided he was in with JAS, at least for now. So whatever. Bad choice, man. Anyway, I just, we're just floating. We're back in a holding pattern in AW like we were when Kenny Omega was gone the first time. And now Kenny Omega's gone this time, and Tony Khan's like, you know what worked? Holding pattern. (laughs) Everyone stop where you are, and we're just going to keep going with everything we've already done. It's like like when we were talking about how the trios division was kind of in this space. Like, I feel that's just how AEW is, and it stinks. Um, 
And with back going back to the, your point about the trios division, um, hello holding pattern. Oh, speaking of yeah, why aren't they defending the Titans? <laughs> like, what are we doing with that? Hello, we saw, we saw the Dark Order. Yeah. Um, shout out to Sue Grayson. Oh, I I was I popped. I was so happy to see that. And like, okay, so we're giving attention to the Dark Order. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't they be trios champions? Yes. And I, I think that's where we're headed and, like, where it's going to go. But, like, how many times do they have to lose a match, a title match, an important match, before they just get titles? And, like, what are we doing? And it's so mind-boggling because they give them, like, not just the trios division, but, like, when Evil Uno got a TNT title shot and people were like, whoa, Evil Uno can really wrestle. And then Evil Uno got nothing. Not of that. And Ten does something impressive. And they're like, yo, Ten, like, you could totally tell why Brody Lee picked him. And then Ten gets nothing. And Johnny Hungy has consistently been one of the most over guys, not just in the Dark Order, but, like, in all of AW. Like, his reactions, he gets them everywhere. And they're like, oh, Johnny Hungy, go take a pin. I'm and like, one of them is so good. Yeah. I feel like he's so underrated in AEW. What are we doing? Dark Order. Dark Order is OG at this point. Yeah, and I just it just feels like such a slap in the face sometimes. What are we doing? They they had such a high point with Brody, and then you know, R.I.P. Brody. Um, all of that happened and. It just, it started fizzling out, and it really sucks. I feel like they had an opportunity to keep it going and still, you know, be really good. I really like the Dark Order, um, but right now I feel like a lot of people are tired of them, and that's sad. Yeah, and a lot of Dark Order's appeal was being the elite, and I get it, but I don't understand why you couldn't do silly skits like they did on BTE and just put them on Dynamite or Rampage, and you could have kept Dark Order relevant and fresh. I, I, and I've said it before, I think they should have won the trios belts, but, oh, also, Orange Cassidy beat Pac, so, uh, Pac is now just a trios champion, despite seemingly almost turning heel and then not turning heel, so don't know what they're doing with the trios division, so love that for us. Well, we anyway. are being the best friends, again, <laughs> going after the trios again. <sighs> Are they going to win this time? Listen, it's like the Dark Order. Like, it's just a cycle. Like, it's best friends in the Dark Order just tossing it back and forth until one of them wins. And why? I know. There were... Look back at the Trios tournament and tell me if you... Okay, when the Trios bracket was introduced and people were like, yo, look at these matchups. Compare that to where we are now. <laughs> at this point, I really don't care if they bring back Will Ospreay. <laughs> <laughs> I would what's be like, cool, off the open. Come back. I'd be like, yo, off the open. So cool. It's no, not best friends again. Good. I don't care. I'll, I'll say it. I like them. They're they're not necessarily like my kind of wrestlers, but no. I really like personalities. And I think Will Ospreay is a strong personality, but like the other two, I don't I don't vibe with them on that level, but they are very talented. But like we have the embassy doing things. Um, Brian Cage is once again the least 
important person in a faction where he's been the most important faction. <laughs> he's getting put in these factions and he's positioned as the star, but everyone like looks behind him and mm-hmm. finds the cool people behind him. Like mm-hmm. Ricky Starks and Hops, and now it's Toliona and Khan. And people are like, yo, I want that guy, well, not this dude. I know. Um, so Brian Cage, I guess, is ROH, um, but like he's getting all this TV time. And I really don't know why we're not, one, doing something with the acclaimed, and two, doing something with Death Triangle. It's like everyone talks all the time about how there's too many titles in AEW and that AEW needs to stop introducing titles. But the truth of the matter is, it doesn't matter at the end of the day because the most interesting stories in AEW, for the most part, are non-title stories. Exactly. So it doesn't matter at the end of the day because the titles mean nothing. And Tony Khan doesn't care about the titles. He cares about who's over. And that's why I've, like, really taken a backseat on saying that uh, women's tag titles should be introduced. Um, at- <laughs> I think that can wait <laughs> a very long time. I I wouldn't be opposed to it, but it would kind of have to be an AWROH collaboration, I mm-hmm. think. Um it does feel like nowadays women's tag titles are like a necessity yeah. in wrestling. Uh, and you have to get there at a certain point, uh, especially with like how great impact has been with it. Um, not going to talk about WWE because I have issues there with what they're doing. Um, <laughs> but I think AW will get there eventually, but I would like to see it be a thing where like talent can cross over between AW and ROH. Um, just because I think you get more fresh matchups that way. Yeah. And we we saw it with FTR. Like, FTR is champions of, like, everywhere. And they, like, all these cool dream matches or, like, really cool matches they're doing, it's because they can cross over because they're champs of, like, everywhere. So I would like to see that. And I think because the AW women's division is so small, like, if you had – an AW women's division and a separate ROH women's division, which I don't even know if they're going to go that far, but uh, I think you would have more tag teams. I think it'd be really fun. Yeah, I'm just a little apprehensive because I feel like like we just talked about we're already not focusing on the titles that we have, especially the trios. Like They're the most recent titles that you have and introduced. Holy pattern! Them. They waited for Kenny Omega, and now they're waiting for Kenny Omega again. <laughs> and same. What? Listen, I sat. <laughs> I don't want to get off track, but I sat there for the Canada debut, and I texted Kylie, and I was like, "Listen, I have a feeling in my gut that Kenny is coming back. I don't know why, but I was like, I can just feel it. Like I know he's going to show up." And I sat there. <laughs> Two hours waiting. She was like, should I go to bed or should I stay up with Penny? <laughs> I was like, I'm so depressed. Like, I, I was really having a bad day. And I was like, you know what? If Kenny shows up, like, it's going to turn my day around. And I sat there and I watched that whole show and he didn't show up. And then I texted her and I said, Rampage um, isn't recorded uh, tonight, right? And she was like, uh, no. And I was like, okay, well, it's not live. And she was like, no, I think it's recorded tomorrow, Thursday. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> so, no, and we didn't get Kenny again. So. 
listen, I think it is a global tragedy that Kenny Omega missed Forbidden Door and then missed AEW's Canada debut. And they all they were talking about Chris Jericho as like this Winnipeg icon. And I was like, I had the opportunity. Kenny Omega is right there. They're from the same city. I don't know. I don't know how PR investigations are conducted. I really don't. Um, that's not my world. But the fact that it's been six weeks, and um, by all reports, uh, AW has not had contact with CM Punk, A-Steel, or the Elite about this this issue. Uh, why? And also, why is it taking so long? There, there's apparently so many witnesses, and now Brandon Cutler's already back. Uh, Michael Nakazawa is back. Under. Everyone who wasn't, like, directly involved is back. So, to me, that says they have some understanding of what happened. And so, I don't know why. Maybe. It's you know, there was the just, whoever is threatening. Yeah, there was that report. I, th- what, I don't remember who it was. Dave Meltzer, maybe? Um I don't. I don't know. I'm not gonna get assign this to Dave Meltzer if it wasn't him. But well, someone blurred. Somebody said. Somebody <laughs> said that that there was an individual holding up the um, investigation, and then we have like Conan on his show, his podcast. He said he wanted Kenny Omega to do a video for um, the AAA show that was last night, and Kenny couldn't because of the investigation. So the investigation is still open somehow. Um, A.W., you're telling me your lawyers are so bad <laughs> that one person threatening a lawsuit brings the entire promotion to a halt. You know, I, I think I think that's the thing here. It's like you need you need better lawyers. Tony, listen, buddy, you have so so much money. <laughs> please get better lawyers. Please, please get an HR team, PR team, like, stop handling everything yourself. You don't have to, okay? I know you're not listening, but listen, just this one time. Please. I, it's seriously so, I'm so baffled by it. Because, okay, one person is threatening a lawsuit. I don't know who it is, but we can all make a guess. One person is threatening a lawsuit. And Tony Khan, I guess, wants to keep this person? Don't know how that's going to work out anyway. um, And, you know, you can't fire him because wrongful termination, blah, blah, blah. But, like, six weeks. What have your lawyers been doing for six weeks? There's not a thousand interviews to conduct. There's not, you know, a thousand hours of, like, security cam footage to comb through. Um, so what what is happening? There, It cannot, it cannot be as simple as... This person is wanting to sue AEW or this other person or whoever. And I want them to stay in AEW. So I'm just going to pretend like this isn't an issue. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's, it's, look, we love the elite. Um, and we were really mad and upset um, when everything happened. Uh <clears throat> And, you know, they were part of it. They, you know, had to get investigated, like, you know. But then all the reports started coming out about everything going on. And, you know, I just, I miss them. Um, 
I really want them back. <laughs> and I think, I think we, we, we can, we're getting to a point where we need them back. And it's a bit. And it's so funny to me um, when we were waiting for Trio's titles. It was like Death Triangle versus House of Black on repeat. Mm-hmm. And now Death Triangle versus Best Friends in Dark Order on repeat. And I don't know if Tony Khan lacks creative energy to book a promotion that has lost, you know, four of its biggest storytellers in CM Punk and the Elite. Um, I don't know if Tony Khan just, like, doesn't care. I don't know, but there's something going on with Tony Khan and the way he's writing this show. And I understand there's other people now who have input because he established this structure of communication, which failed already twice. But um, there's issues here, structural issues. And it really sucks that, you know, the like the product is suffering and it really sucks when I go on Twitter and I see fans who are like, AEW has been like my safe haven for three years. And now I'm not even excited to see Dynamite anymore. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. It's really upsetting. I know I know a lot of people don't like the Elite. And a lot of people are in the same position with CM Punk. A lot of people love all of these guys. Um, and I've noticed it a lot. Uh people being upset, not wanting to watch, aren't watching, are falling out of their love with wrestling. That absolutely sucks. Um, so, and I get it. <laughs> um, we get it. <laughs> so. I don't know. I don't know where AW goes from here. Um, I'm really excited about Warjo. I'm really excited yep. about Sean Spears being back. Yeah. I'm really excited about Sheeta. There's like good things going on, yeah. But it does feel like there's this like looming cloud of this yeah. horrible investigation that is seemingly never ending, and it's holding them back. <laughs> yes, I, I was like, like realistically, if you look at like other big companies, not just in wrestling but in general, and they have incidents like this, it. Does it really take this long with seemingly no end in sight? Like, maybe someone watching this is, like, an HR professional. I can let us know. Let us know, please. But, like, six weeks to talk to, like, there's five people involved. And I guess if you, Mega, if you want to count the lawyer. Like, I don't understand. And also, why was MJF there? (laughs) We have not heard about that. (laughs) I think... When everything came out, that was the most random thing, but, but I love it so much. Like, just I can just picture him just there. Oh. I maybe listen. Someone needs to ask him. MJF does an interview. Someone needs to ask him why were you in CM Punk's locker room? He's not going to answer. <laughs> Someone find out. I'm so curious. Listen, I'll pay you. I don't have any money, but. I'm so I've just been thinking about that since it happened. Why was MJF there? To talk to CM Punk, maybe. Yeah. Um, because they were supposed to feud. But and listen, I think what MJF is doing now is better than what he would have done in a CM Punk feud. Sorry. We're almost at the end of the episode, and that's my hot take. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. I'm bearing it at the end of this episode. But I think MJF looming over Mox and Hangman, I think it's way better. Sorry. I do wish that they wouldn't have cut to him as much like I feel like one good cut 
uh, towards, like, the end of it to be like, oh, he's up there, not just, like, keep going back and forth. But I did love, like, him eating the popcorn. Like, that was so great. <laughs> love MJF so much. So, Haley, what are your closing thoughts, and where can the people find you? My closing thoughts. Um, you know, push <laughs> Butcher and the Blade, push Private Party, um, and you guys can follow me on Twitter, uh, at HaleyN underscore, to see everything that I'm doing, including my wrestling writing and stuff. I just started up a sub stack where I'm going to put, like, features and stuff, um, and that's on my Twitter. It's my pinned tweet, so you guys can check that out and subscribe. It's free. Uh, yeah. My closing thought is that uh, we reached a peak in tag team wrestling a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and now we're in a valley across the world. And there's always peaks and valleys, but you got to overcome them. Yeah, I, it just sucks that um, we had Kenny Omega for three weeks, and he was gone again. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, you can follow me on Twitter, at Fuller underscore Kylie. I post everything I'm doing there. Uh I am super sick right now. Um, I can't remember if I have anything coming up, but it'll be on my Twitter if I do. Uh, also, Warjo is cool, and I'm not going to apologize for thinking that. Oh, also, oh my God, like this video, comment below, subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. Go watch all the other shows. There's so many great people on Fightful Overbooked. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think we hit everything. Okay, bye. We'll see you guys next week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.